Howdy, and welcome back to Pointer Rentals The Front Porch. If you haven't stopped by before, you can find the rest of our conversations with pointers and friends in the rental industry at pointerrental.com porch. I'm Lauren Jewell, and let's get started. Welcome to The Front Porch with Lauren Jewell. and implementation specialist Patrick Kiefer with us. Yay, Patrick. Welcome. How's everyone doing? I think everyone's doing okay. I, I mean, don't know. I'm all right. I can only speak for myself. Okay, that's fair. I'm doing okay, so I think we're doing good. Perfect. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. All Thanks right. for asking. Are you excited for this podcast? I am. Have you done a podcast before? I have not. I've listened to a lot. Yeah. I haven't been involved in okay. any. Okay. Well, welcome to your first podcast. We're excited to have you here. Thank you. Okay, so we'll get into a few basic questions. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you tell people you do when they ask, what's an implementation specialist? When someone asks me, what do I do as an implementation specialist? Uh, anytime a, uh, either a new customer comes on board or an existing customer that has a uh, maybe purchased a new module or possibly has uh, upgraded from expert to elite, basically teach them how to use it. And if it's a completely new customer, then it is either on-site or remotely. Uh, Just get them up and going with the system. And is this all in-person? Is this um, via the internet? How do you train people in all this? Recently, it's been on the internet, but I travel on-site to most countries. But I would say the majority of implementations that I've done have been on-site. Okay. Are there any countries that do not let you in to go train to set people up? I'm yes. curious as to why you say most countries. Yes, there is one country. Really? Mm-hmm. Can I ask what country that is? It's Canada. Well, um, I guess going back to those first couple of questions, uh, where are you from? That's a good question. I've been all over the place. Um, I would say, um, well, I spent most of my time in Arizona. Okay. But that was during college and after college. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I was in Iowa and Indiana. My teen years, I was in Indiana, and before then, I was in Iowa. So do you consider yourself a Midwesterner or an Arizonite or Texan? Where do you consider yourself? Canadian even? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think... Uh, um, I would definitely say I'm a Midwesterner. Midwesterner, uh, okay. All my family's from the Midwest. Um, most of them still live in the Midwest. Um, so when there's big family gatherings, it's in Iowa. Okay. Or just on the, um, just across the Mississippi into uh, Illinois. Okay. So did I just have to ask since you consider yourself a Midwesterner, do you prefer corn or potatoes? Sweet corn. Sweet corn? Yes. Did you grow sweet corn? Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. Do you grow well, sweet corn Well, I now? didn't. My mother did. Oh, your mom did. Okay. Huh. Do I grow it now? No. The ground did. <laughs> okay, fine. And the sky <laughs> and the water. And, <laughs> and everything else. Yep. All right. Well, very cool. Um, so Brian has a – well, do you want to ask this question? It's like we didn't – you didn't ask who he was. Oh, who are you? <laughs> I that's kind of a no. You got to say it more like a psychologist or whatever. Who are you? Mm, who am I? Uh, I would like to think I'm a, 
a relatively kind person, uh, depending on the situation. Um, I like to think of myself as being mildly athletic. Um, I, en- I really enjoy sports, uh, watching and playing sports, um, really any competition. Uh, winning is fun. So um, even if it's, you know, uh, who can flip the coin the most? You know, that's it's competition. It's so. the worst competition. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something real is mundane. Is this like that as no many really times like in the air <laughs> yeah. as possible, yeah. or is this you're just constantly flipping the coin? <laughs> Why not awesome. both? You can make a competition out of both. Okay. Well, if you consider yourself mildly athletic, Brian has a sports question for you. Perfect. Please list as many first basemen from the 1990s National League baseball teams as you can think of off the top of your head. Mark Grace, J.T. Snow, Mark McGuire, Jeff Conine. We've got the big cat, Andres Galarraga. we got the crime dog, Fred McGriff, Jeff Bagwell, Greg Jeffries. I think that's all that I can think of right now. I think we've got eight for Patrick on that question. So what did you want to be growing up? Either a police officer or a baseball player. To my knowledge, you are neither of those professionally. So when did you, you know, when did your path change to be implementation specialist? About five years ago. Okay. When I was in college, I didn't know anything about software. Didn't know too much about computers. Mm -hmm. Um, After college, I started working at an event company. And a couple of months after... I started working there. They, they were already in the process of buying point of rental. Mm-hmm. It was just, it had not been implemented yet. And uh, once it was back in 2010, that's when I was exposed to point of rental. My first uh, assignment there was to create all the reservations for the future, like next year okay. for the uh, football games at mm-hmm. Arizona State and just other random festivals that needed to be taken care of. So that's how I learned software. I got 10 or 15 minutes worth of training from my manager at the time. All right. Um, not a slide against her. Um, she just had a lot to do. Sure. She was like, if you have any questions, just ask, but, you know, so on and so forth. I uh, just kind of became the de facto in-house uh, person who knew point of rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got on quickly, I guess, with mm-hmm. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is not how you train people now, right? I, I sure hope not. Um no, it's a little, it's a lot more structured, but, uh, yeah, I called up, uh, point of rental one day because I was in file maintenance and this is something I had done several times before. Um, I went into a customer file and I couldn't make any changes. Like what's going on? So I call up and ask for Lynn because Lynn used to work at the company I used to work at before she started working here. Um, I'm like, well, she's on the other line right now. Do you mind holding? Sure, why not? So I waited like 10 or 15 minutes. But anyway, she got on the line, and I told her, you know, pretty much what I just told you. Um, And she just started laughing. She's like, do you go to Functions Modify? I was like, oh, of course, Functions Modify. And it just clicked at that moment because I, I was... Uh, looking for other something else to do I was kind of tired of the 24-7 constant event uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. so and it just clicked 
So I uh, went online to take a look to see if Point of Rental was hiring. They were uh, for this position I'm in now. And um, I think I emailed or called in, I think, at least once a day for a week until I finally got to talk to somebody. Calling into support, calling into sales, just with Lynn or? Just calling in to see if you got my resume. I see. Okay. And my application. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand people are busy and everything. So, I just kept at it. And now I'm here doing a podcast. There you go. Backtracking then Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, Other than the event rental company, did you have any other jobs before joining Pointer Rental? I did. Um, my first job was at a pizza place called Donato's Pizza. I also worked at a uh, grocery store for a couple years in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in, uh, an umpire for baseball. I worked at a uh, bookstore, but I had a couple other odd jobs. I worked at a dry cleaners for a few days. A few days? Mm-hmm. Why only a few days? Um, if I'm allowed to ask, I think that's you're always allowed to ask. <laughs> you can always say no. <laughs> I'll I'll defer till later. Looking at my <laughs> list of questions here, <laughs> I have: you were a lead singer in a band for one day and worked for a dry cleaner for three. Um, mm-hmm. Which was the better gig? The lead singer, for sure. Why do you I say en- that? I enjoy singing. I really enjoy singing. Uh, I am no good at it. Tone deaf. Can't do any of can't do any of that stuff, but I really enjoy doing it. Okay, and you were the lead. What kind of music was this band? Um, let's see here. Um, okay, so this was back in like '98, so this, that was the time period. Okay, so it was uh, uh, Three Eleven and Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of uh, kind of band. Okay, um, I think we did like a, the guitarist. At the time, he he was practicing the Freebird uh, solo. All right. And he used a oh, what? The, I think he he broke his, the kickstand off his bike and used it as a slide. <laughs> All right, that's innovative. So um, he was showing us that, and he was like, "Dude, let's just play." I kind of just I don't want to say I made it up, but I just went the best off memory as I could. Okay. Was this in front of a, a crowd of people? Was this like in the garage? Was this just the two of y'all? This was in a basement. A basement. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Wait, so tell us what happened with the dry cleaner thing. You were just, you worked there for three days and they didn't pay you for it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was in college and uh, a friend of mine, uh, he had a friend that uh, ran a, Tattoo parlor, a um, couple dry cleaners, and something else out in a laundromat. And it was really close to where I live, right by where I live. So, um, and I was up early anyway. So, sure, I'll get, I'll get paid under the table. Um, I don't mind. But after the third day, I decided I'm not working here anymore. Fair enough. He paid me like two weeks later. He was like, can you come back? I'm like, no. Were there any skills from your previous jobs, whether it be umpiring or working at the dry cleaners or lead singing in a band uh, or any of your other pizza kind of businesses, um, 
anything that you've been able to pull from those jobs that have helped you at Point of Rental? Conflict resolution. Really? Mm-hmm. There's awesome. a lot of arguments. Just having over 20 years of interacting with the public, um, I think has really helped me uh, in this job and, and really in everyday life as well. Mm-hmm. And especially imagine if you're in your current position of trying to teach people new things. I know I was, I've done just teaching for students for a little bit of my life. And it's frustrating when you don't understand something new and you're having to learn it as, as a student. Um, and so it's, it's huge as a teacher to be able to come in and just calm them down and say, okay, it's okay. I understand you to understand this right now. Let's walk through it. Let's see where the issue is. And I imagine that comes with a lot of conflict resolution and just being able to, I don't know, bring peace to a situation and be like, let's, let's walk through this. Yeah. Calm the room down a bit. I have, um, I would say almost every one of my implementations, I, I let the folks know that I have been in your shoes. Mm. You are getting, uh, I know every situation is different, but um, you're getting more training than I got. Um, and now I'm teaching it. You can really tell when the room is starting to boil a bit. You can just see the look on their faces. So at that point, you know, I just kind of take a step back. It, it is a lot. We do throw a lot of information their way. And it's also a complete shift from what they have done for however long they've done it at this one store. You have to have empathy, um, respect. Respect's a big thing. Um, and you have to be open to the change. I mean, the change is happening. So you kind of have to remind them of that as well. It's like, this is the direction y'all are going. Your near future includes point of rental. And hopefully, as far as we can see into the future, it includes point of rental. So what is your favorite part of working here? I would say pretty much what we were just talking about. Um, I enjoy teaching people, one, to be more confident in the software that they're using so they can do their job more effectively. And also for uh, the upper management, the owners, because they are, they are putting their trust and they are investing their, uh, their money, their time, their effort into our product. Whenever I hear or hear feedback from a customer that I have uh, implemented or trained saying that, you know, we, we all did a great job, uh, everyone involved, um, that's a good feeling. Whew. Sometimes you can smell when it's been a tough day at work, and so can your coworkers. That's why you should try Point of Rental software. It does a lot of the heavy lifting needed to keep a rental business running. And because it's software, it smells as fresh as it did before doing all the work. By saving money and work, you'll come out smelling like a rose, too. So why do you think Dante said that we should talk to you? I'm the only full name he knows. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So it may have just gone off of memory. <laughs> okay. No. So y'all don't talk a whole lot? No. Or? <laughs> Dante and I are, are pretty good friends. We have, uh, uh, he's always helped me out. Whenever I have a major IT question or a major IT issue, uh, he's one of the first guys I go to. We used to go to the same uh, workout facility uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and <laughs> we would try to show up. On the same days, um, it would be kind of a daily thing going back and forth when I would leave. Like, Am I going to see you tonight? It's like, I'll be there. We've always been uh, fairly friendly with each other. Right on. So um, I never would have expected him to 
suggest me for uh, the podcast, but, you know, I'm honored. There you go. Well, we're glad to have you here, too. Thank you. So uh, I hear that you've lived in six states. Yep. Can you please name them and their capitals? Ohio, Columbus, Iowa, Des Moines, Indiana, Indianapolis, Arizona, Phoenix, uh, South Dakota, Pierre, even though it's spelled Pierre, uh, Texas, uh, Austin. Okay. <laughs> you pass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you can continue on to the next question. 100%. Good job. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. So of all the places that you lived, which is the greatest and why is it Texas? Because it reminds me of Iowa. Texas reminds you of Iowa? It does. Do tell. <laughs> the uh, landscape, the temperature. Y'all have uh, uh, tornadoes here. We have tornadoes up there. I don't know if we're proud of that. <laughs> I was but... going to say that's <laughs> a weird selling point. <laughs> Come on down. You might get your house going up. Oh, gosh. And maybe it's because I was in the desert for 12 years that anything that doesn't look like desert looks like Iowa. Um, is there a reason you still use a VCR? And are you aware that there are movies available like all of the time with no rewinding or fast forwarding necessary? Well, yes, there's a reason. There's a uh, um, trying to wear out a uh, VHS Dumb and Dumber. I watch it once a year. I only use the VHS once a year. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a while to wear it down yeah. at that rate. I mean, I feel like you could get it worn down a lot faster no, if you. I mean, it's not a sprint. It's not it's just <laughs> All right. playing on repeat in your home. You're just every time you're oh, home, that would be rewind madness. it, push play. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to handle that. Okay. So is there like a certain day of the year that you watch Dumb and Dumber? Or is it just, I'm feeling like, you know, today's the day for this year. I'm going to pull out the VCR and watch Dumb and Dumber. No, just around Christmas time. It's a perfect Christmas movie? Uh, well, there's a lot of, uh, they go up to Colorado and it's snowing. So... Um, I think it is around okay. Christmas time. Oh. Do you only own Dumb and Dumber on VHS to play in it? Like you have your VHS player and then the tape and that's it. Like you don't own any others that you could play if you want to do like a movie day or anything with that? I have um, a couple movies. I have uh, Biodome. Um, I have, I think, OzFest 98. Um, like The Wizard of Oz? No, or? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, <laughs> okay. Very different. It's a music festival, Jules. <laughs> and um, uh, Waiting for Guffman. Do you watch all of those every year or just Dumb and Dumber? Just Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Oh, and I think I have my high school graduation on VHS as well. What is the newest movie you have on VHS and mm. where did you acquire it? I think it was The Waiting for Guffman. Um I got it for, I think, my 19th birthday. My brother gave it to me. I opened up the wrapping, but I didn't open the plastic that, you know, keeps the movie inside of its Mm -hmm. sleeve. So I go out or I go somewhere, um, and I come back, you know, maybe an hour or two later, and I see my brother sitting on the couch watching, waiting for Guffman. You bought this movie for yourself, didn't you? (laughs) So, not only is it the uh, the latest VHS that I have received, it also has a nice little story with it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, Patrick, I'm told you have an impressive bobblehead collection. Let's talk bobbleheads for a second. Uh-huh. Um, it might be more than a second. Holy cow, those questions. 
Um, question. Rapid answers. Rapid answers. Here we go. How did you start collecting them? My brother. He would go to the uh, baseball games, and he would be bringing back these uh, bobbleheads, and then he would sell them. So I was never really into selling bobbleheads, um, really selling much of anything. So I would essentially just, uh, on purpose, just go to the games that had bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. And then all the other ones I could just watch on TV. Sure. I want to get something if I'm going. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. So I grew up pretty much only going to Texas Rangers games because I'm from the area and that's just where you'd go. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that other teams also did the bobblehead thing. It was like if you showed up to the game, like first hundred fans or something got a bobblehead, or mm-hmm. probably more than hundred. But um, definitely. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for the rest for, for the Texas Rangers, that's probably too many. Oh, mm, all right. Mm. Ouch. Um, but so that's the thing that other teams did, did the bobbleheads as well? Yes. I didn't realize that. So uh, which of your bobbleheads is your favorite? Uh, uh, Mark Grace. He, I have two Mark Grace. He's a, he was a broadcaster, and he is a broadcaster as well um, for the Diamondbacks, um, post-game broadcaster. So uh, he's just standing there with a microphone in his hand and a bat. I didn't realize that they did bobbleheads for people who weren't players as well. Uh, he, he was a – He was a player? Yes. Oh, but now he's a broadcaster. Correct. Yeah, he um, – a little piece of trivia – he was the, uh, or he is the person that has the most hits out of anybody in the 1990s. So from hmm. 90 to 99, he has the most hits out of anybody. So no one can take that away from him. Wow. Did uh, you? Not until the 2090s. Right. <laughs> Just so I can wrap my head around it, how many bobbleheads, if you were to estimate, how many bobbleheads do you have in your collection? 25 or 30. Okay. Gotcha. I can. Picture 25 or 30 bobbleheads. So of those, which one has the most sentimental value to you? I try not to get too attached to them because they are just bobbleheads. But I mean, I, I do like the uh, Paul Goldschmidt one just because he's my favorite player right now. Which one is the most lifelike? Uh, I would say the Mark Grace broadcaster one. Either that or the Bob Brenly. Um, he's a broadcaster as well. So um, which one did you make the most effort to get? The Mark Grace Racing, uh, what's it called? It's Racing Gracie. Racing, Racing Gracie. There we okay. go. Okay. Um, we we had to go to a, a few turnstiles. There was a lot of people that showed up at that game, and you only had you know the first fifteen or twenty thousand people. I think it was the third or fourth gate that we finally went to. They uh, they had the bobbleheads left. I mean, we're we're middle of the summer, uh, running around Phoenix it. heat. Yeah. Just uncomfortable very fun. <laughs> no but you got it yes all right what's the weirdest one that you have probably the zombie diamondback one zombie night it's really strange okay. is it a zombie of a specific player or is it just a general zombie it's just a general zombie it's is it dressed as a baseball player uh, yeah you know tattered clothes and mm, okay. um no equipment i think i used to have a gnome as well that one was kind of odd do you do bobblehead trading at all? Like, if I want to trade one of my bobbleheads for one of yours, would you possibly consider the offer? I would definitely consider it. I have a lot of bobbleheads that I don't display. They're in storage. So if I were to trade one for you, you're saying you would just put it in storage? Like, if it was a ranger, most minor rangers bobbleheads. If I were to trade you one of my rangers for one of your diamondbacks. Depends on who it is, I would say. If it was um, like Nolan Ryan mm-hmm. or uh, maybe uh, Beltray, mm-hmm. I'd probably put that one up. 
or maybe Pudge. I, I'd probably put Pudge up there too. Mm. Um, but if it was just some random, uh, nobody knows who this person is and the reason they have them is because they ran out of everybody else, uh, I, I probably wouldn't even put it in storage. I'd probably just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I insist that you give it to me in exchange yeah. for this one, but I'm just going to throw it away yeah. right in front of your face. All right. We're done with the bobbleheads. Um, if you could fly a jet or drive a fully armed tank and maybe fire one projectile from me. Do you want to read this question, Brian? <laughs> I'm going to let you. Brian's going to ask the next question. It's pretty long and elaborate. If you could fly a jet or drive a fully armed tank and, like, you get to fire one projectile because, I mean, it's no fun if you get don't get to fire anything. But we don't want to cause any casualties, so there's like a target set up in advance. Which would you choose? Tank, for sure. And is there a specific kind of tank that you would want? The most heavily armored one. No specific reason. I was going to say, I don't think we're having anyone attack you in this right. scenario. Right, but I, uh, I want to feel as safe as possible when that missile goes off. But if it comes from the inside, won't it? If it malfunctions we got a problem Hmm. all right let's go to the five important (laughs) questions five important questions five important questions five important questions questions. what would you say is your greatest success in life i'm teaching my daughter what i can uh, when she's willing to listen what is your greatest fear next to a snake in the toilet bowl I would say, you know, I do have a pretty pretty big fear of heights. Going to the Sears Tower in Chicago, looking down, I, I, I pass out. If you could tell first day at Pointer Rental Patrick one piece of advice that would lead to becoming a successful pointer, what would you say? Probably just, uh, just relax. Um, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself to learn everything mm. as quickly as possible. Uh, be quick, but, you know, don't. Make yourself sick over it. So what's your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? It's probably probably singing karaoke at the international conference. Yes? Yeah. When was this? Last year. Just this last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if you'd done it in previous years as well. Did what? you start off by saying, like, you know, I was once a lead singer in a band, and then <laughs> you had to, like, live up to it? Or no, they would have figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> so what song did you sing? Oh, goodness, which song did I sing? Um... I know I, I, I did two songs. Um, Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time. Okay. And uh, Oh Well by Fleetwood Mac, the original lineup. Mm. Okay. So was this particularly embarrassing just because you don't like singing in front of people or did something else happen that made it embarrassing or why was that your embarrassing moment? Uh, I forgot the words. Apparently, there's been a new law that's been passed that if you forget the words to any Fleetwood Mac song, mm. you are automatically sentenced to death, Ooh, um, which you've now just admitted to. Um, so here we are. Um, you're on death row, and you get your last meal choice. What would you have for your last meal? I would have sweet corn on the cob. I would have a filet. Filet of anything in particular? Sorry, uh, filet mignon. Oh, okay. Uh, fancy. Uh, with some sautéed mushrooms, probably some sautéed onions as well. Um, those crispy onion rings, and probably some uh, 
Uh, my mom makes really good fruit salad, so I'd probably want that too. Would these all be on one plate or would it all be on like their own separate plates and bowls respectively? Oh, definitely the latter. They'll, they'll need to be separated. separated. Okay. And I'll decide if I want to mix it or not. Okay. Oh, I want a lobster tail too. <laughs> okay. Accepted answer. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Probably my bushy eyebrows. What is your spirit spice? Yeah, probably cayenne pepper. Why do you say that? If I put a little bit in my food, it kind of brings it together. It's a little spicy. It's hot. Um, and it tastes all right. Um, I would describe myself as that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome response. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's red. I'm kind of red sometimes. Who is the next pointer I should talk to for this podcast? I would say we would go international on this one. I like um, Christian Paisano in Australia. Okay. Did you have anything else you wanted to share with the public while you have a voice? Oh. Um, After this, we're just going to shut you up. <laughs> forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure a few people will be happy with that. Um, I appreciate Dante mentioning me. Uh, to be the next, or at least one of the next people on the podcast, and uh, y'all taking the time to do your research. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks, Patrick, for chatting with us today. It's been a delight talking with you. Likewise. Um, so send Patrick some love this week. Send him an old-school email saying, hey, um, send him a gif of your favorite uh, show that you watched on VHS, um, if you were alive when those existed. Um, and just be epic and let them know that you care. So thanks for listening today, and we'll keep the porch light burning for you. This feels like there's a lot of water below me. I thought the Rangers were special. The IT guys don't have USB flash drives. I have a gnome. All right, back to bobbleheads. So you were in some mystery basement with a guy who had broken something off of his bike. So I take it that that was not your favorite job. I didn't get paid. I do know why we moved from Des Moines to Indianapolis. The owners controlled you. Come down to this random basement. I've been to a Mariners game. Fancy. Don't go to the bathroom in the Sears Tower in Chicago on a day when snakes are out. It's a harsh reality. There's a lot of golf courses. They grow grass. You still have hair. I can't read. Sorry, Portugal. And stay tuned next month for Patrick's topsoil reports. It's really strange.